Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCready, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCready. This is the Fuhrer's Principle, Part 4. Every true leader must know their limits. We must know our limitations if we're going to move in our full authority. Take a listen today. I hope it encourages you to go deeper with him. I love this statement from Bonhoeffer's biography by Eric Metaxas. In chapter 9, The Fuhrer's Principle, says the true leader must always be able to disillusion. Oh, I love this. A true leader must always be able, if you will, to knock the stars out of the eyes of those who would want to worship them. It is the responsibility of the leader uh, to those who may have Uh, been assigned to them, they may have influence with, whatever verbiage you want to use, but whoever is being drawn to a certain person, uh, it is the responsibility of that leader to disillusion those who would otherwise try to place them on a pedestal. And I'm not talking about false humility, where we act like, you know, no, I don't want to hear those flattering words, but with the other hand, we're actually beckoning uh, the compliments to please continue. Talking about a true leader will always want to disillusion uh, by the truth. Now, you'll see this with Peter and Jesus, uh, because what Jesus needed to do in Peter was to disillusion Peter about Peter's view of Jesus and what he thought was going to happen, how their victory was going to be won. And Jesus was more than glad to be a part of the disillusioning of Peter. Now, Jesus wasn't disillusioning Peter from the truth that Jesus is the Christ. That was true. But what Jesus was having to disillusion in Peter was Peter's uh, self-imposed view of who the Messiah was, what he was going to do, how things were going to be accomplished. And I would submit to you that disillusionment and disappointment is what preceded the denial. When Peter said, I don't know this man, Uh, To some degree, I would submit to you that Peter was basically saying, I don't know this guy who is allowing the Romans to whip him because I thought we were going to whip the Romans. You see, Peter's entire view of Jesus and their mission was literally being shattered as Jesus followed the course and plan of the Father. And Jesus stayed true to the Father and what he was really, if you will, leading Peter to 
Um, um, and therefore it was more than glad for Peter to be disillusioned, even though it was going to lead to a denial. But that denial was going to lead to Peter's deliverance from self. So this issue of a true leader being willing to disillusion those who want to be enamored with their own view uh, of, of the leader uh, is very paramount. I want to also uh, share uh, some other statements uh, that Bonhoeffer makes when he's talking about that a true leader must know the limitations of his authority. Any one of us who does not recognize our limitations, like narcissistic thinking is basically like if I'm not the most special person in the room, then there's no reason to be in the room. Can, can I say this again? Uh, if I'm not going to be the most special person in the room, then there's no reason for me to be in the room. So whether they're at a conference speaking or uh, in a roundtable discussion, um, you know, or at dinner with other people, they have a deep need to be, uh, you know, the spotlight, to be in the spotlight, to to be the most special person in the room. And I remember years ago at a leader conference, someone asked this question, and I thought it was very, very uh, um, intuitive to what we all need to ask ourselves sometimes, is uh, what do you do when you're the most popular person in the room? What do you do when you're the most popular person in the room? Most people dream about being the most popular person in the room. But this particular leader was really challenging all of us as leaders is what are you going to do, quote, with that power of popularity? If you're the one standing behind the pulpit, if you're at the head of the table, uh, if, if everyone's waiting to hear your opinion on the latest, you know, whatever topic, um, what will you do when you're the most popular person in the room? Will you uh, want to build that persona? Do you want to be the smartest person in the room? You want to look like the bravest person in the room. You want to look like the strongest person in the room. This is a part of what I learned years ago to call uh, impression management. Always trying to manage the impression that you're making. You see, that flies in the face of being an authentic leader, which is, uh, I'm more than glad to disillusion you about the fact I don't know everything. Uh, no, I'm not your answer. Uh, but I can lead you to him and really mean it. Okay? So so again, I, I'm wanting to provoke you in this. Like if you dream about being the most popular person in the room, that if there are 10 people giving a presentation at your company or at your school uh, in service, or, or where do, do you dream about that everyone is going to swoon over what you did? Everyone will be clamoring for you. Uh, and if you can't reach that height, then you're just like, I, 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 I can't, don't have anything to say. I'm, I'm not willing to get up and just give my portion you know, of, of the discourse. I'll, I will bring to the table what I have learned of him. I'm a living witness of, of God and I'm a living witness of, of his brilliance. Um, how he brought me out of my stupidity. 
um, how he has become a stronghold of wisdom in me. You know, do is it okay if you just bring your portion uh, and your contribution to the overall of what God is doing? You see, this flies in the face of true fivefold ministry leadership or or the, the many-membered body of Christ moving together uh, is when everyone is more consumed with how they come across and what they need to do. And you, you have a very difficult time being one instrument in the orchestra. Uh, you have a very difficult time with the portion that God has maybe assigned to you. You see, because the only reason that you'd be willing to be the conductor of the orchestra or be the one who, you know, taps the triangle at the very end or just hits the cymbals, you know, one time is the only the only motivation for any of it is that the, the Father has assigned this to me. And it pleases the Father uh, that, you know, I would be faithful over the portion that he's given me. You see, the Father is is the motivation for sons. You see, the the bridegroom, Jesus, is the motivation for the bride. Um, Holy Spirit being able to move uh, through you as his temple, if you will, to be able to bless others in the room and bring them into the knowledge of him. This becomes um, a great you know, aspect of our inner uh, motivations. Because otherwise, it's all about, you know, self. I'm not as important as the others. Wouldn't it be great to be, you know, wanted like that? And so you become very enamored uh, with other people. So the true leader has to disillusion all of that. You know, I oftentimes have people ask me, Nancy, how, how do you know this and how did you? Okay, well, if you've read my book, From Trauma to Trust, then you know. The absolute stupidity on steroids of self selfish ambition. How, how do I know anything today is because the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit uh, hovered and brooded over me in my darkness, in my depravity, in my, um, you know, desire, uh, you know, <laughs> to be found irresistible by others, you know, all this kind of stuff that sometimes we, you know, we shrink from because it, it just sounds so horrible. And my friend's it is. That's why the only answer for it is the cross, is to kill it. And, uh, you know, but when people ask to be willing to disillusion that they somehow think you're so anointed, you're so smart, oh, you know, how wonderful it must have been. You know, I was telling some of the students here at the school I'm teaching at right now, you know, that, you know, the, the giving of a testimony can sound glorious. The making of a testimony, it can be grotesque. I mean, there are times you just think, Oh my gosh, this is like unbelievable what we're living through and what, you know. And then when you get up to give the testimony, of course, you're on the other side of it and you're just like, he is so magnificent. He he brought me through and everybody thinks you just leapt from mountaintop to mountaintop. True leaders must tell the up and down. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady. Yes, I went up the mountain with the Lord, and then he had to bring me down. Here's what happened in the valley. Here's what happened as I skidded down the mountainside. Here's what he had to speak to me, what he had to reveal to me about me. And I've said this before on the other 
podcast in this series, and I'll I'll say it again. My friends, your only hope of being able to discern any evil uh, out here is that you must have, by the work of Holy Spirit and the cross, have been able to discern the evil within. That we discern by the work of Holy Spirit. Every single one of us came out of Adam. Therefore, we are consumed with self. I don't care if it's your good or your evil. And we are consumed with worshiping others as a part of this nature that we inherited from the fall, what I call creature worship out of Romans one twenty-five. It is insidious, and the Lord is coming for it. He is not going to tolerate it any longer, where we keep worshiping other people, which really comes out of the worship of ourselves, and we think if I had a certain kind of person with me, I would be better if I had this or that. And so what happens is, is the whole thing is out of order. We are out of order. And the word tells us he'll bring us into the wine press to put us in right order. And this is what he's doing in his church. The only reason that God will bring such exposure by the fire that is spoken of in Isaiah 4, where the pitching of the tent of his presence will come over a person, over a church, over anywhere that he is given access, he will pitch this tent of his presence and he will come and there is going to be fire that comes that burns and sifts and judges flesh and self for what it is and brings the exposure of it. And that fire will also simultaneously then bring forth a fiery devotion to Christ and Christ alone who leads you to the Father. By the finished work of Jesus, then the Holy Spirit is poured out inside of us that we might have sonship conferred upon us, that we might cry out, Abba, Father. You see, there is a greater end, my friends, and it's them. And and when you can begin to realize, look, I'll, I'll disillusion everybody. Okay, I don't want to be worshipped. I don't want to be thought well of. I don't want to have the great opinion of others. This is becoming an insidious disease within the body of Christ. How others see me and, you know, my destiny, my ministry, my, my, my. When the cross comes, God will become center stage and we will be rightly related to him as number one. And everything else is a distant second, third, fourth. So I want to finish today by reading this quote in its totality. Because if you aspire to greatness, my friends... Your greatness is only in your oneness with him. You share in the goodness and the greatness of your father. He is so phenomenal. He wants to share everything of his with you. And this just crushes the pride of self. The narcissistic self. The worm self where I am nothing. I am horrible. Come on. 
We've got to let the whole thing go down if the life of Christ within us is truly our only hope of glory. So here's the quote. A true leader must know the limitations of his authority. If he understands his function in any other way than as it is rooted in fact, if he does not continually tell his followers quite clearly of the limited nature of his task and of their own responsibility, if he allows himself, this leader, to surrender to the wishes of his followers who would always make him their idol, then the image of the leader will pass over into the image of the misleader and he will be acting in a criminal way, not only towards those he leads, but also towards himself. The true leader must always be able to disillusion. It is just this that is his responsibility and his real object. He must lead his following away from the authority of his person to the recognition of the real authority of orders and offices. He must radically refuse to become the appeal, the idol, in other words, the ultimate authority of those whom he leads. He serves the order of the state, of the community, I interject, of the church, and his service can be of incomparable value then and only then. But only so long as he keeps strictly in his place, he has to lead the individual into their own maturity. Now, a feature of man's maturity is responsibility towards other people, towards existing orders. Listen to this. This leader must let himself be controlled, ordered, restricted. Oh, how powerful is that? You see, out of our freedom, we allow ourselves to be controlled, ordered, restricted. There are borders and boundaries upon us when we are to be true leaders after the likeness of Jesus. Jesus allowed the Father to limit him so that he could live unlimited. Listen to me carefully. Jesus allowed the Father to put limits on him. What were those limits? Basically, I only do what my Father is doing. I only say what he is saying. Jesus did not go around just doing anything that came to his mind. He didn't go around just wielding his power mercilessly. He didn't go around demanding that everybody bow to him. There was a place when he was being interrogated in the whole scenario of Pontius Pilate, all of that, and the high priest and and all of that, that Jesus spoke something and one of the soldiers literally knocked him in the head and said to Jesus, don't you know who you're talking to? My friends restrained authority as Jesus could have said to him, <laughs> do, do you know who you are talking to? Right? I mean, Jesus, the high priest of all, you know, I mean, really? And yet he allowed himself to be limited Okay, not martyred in some poor, pitiful way, but limited by the mission that the Father had sent him on. My friends, we're all here to live in oneness with the Father, and we are on assignment. And every one of us, our assignment has limits, restrictions. It has borders. And we must live within those limits if we are to live our unlimited life, bringing as much fruit as possible, 
to glorify the Father. Can anybody set limits on you? I'm not talking about abusive limits. I'm not talking about someone, you know, keeping their thumb on you. I'm talking about you personally yielding to the limits that the Father places upon you. Now, you can experience God's love (laughs) with no limits. But when we are going to be a representative of His authority and represent Him, my friends, we will let Him harness us. We will let Him limit us. There's an old saying that says, if you can't be restrained, you can't be reformed. Hmm? The Fuhrer's principle says, nobody puts limits on me. I answer to no one. I might look like I have a board of elders. I might look like I'm submitted, but I'm not. All right. Listen to me carefully. You can feign a lot of things. You can pretend a lot of things and put structures into place so that it appears Okay, as though you've got these proper structures. But my friends, when it really comes down to it, who tells you what you're going to do? Have you yielded your right to yourself to the Father? Then He sets your limits. We cannot have unlimited leaders. We cannot have leaders who can speak to everyone else, but nobody can speak to them. So I hope that you'll give this some thought about yourself and about those that maybe you have put on a pedestal, those whom you are worshiping, those whom you think are going to bring you into your promised land, that whatever the language and verbiage is, my friends, we've got to be those that know. A true leader must know their limitations. For no one, no one should have unchecked authority. And we all need to let God work in us because we now need to move as people of true authority. We have got to move in our real authority that God has granted unto his church. But God is cleaning his house. He is about to flip the house, my friends. He is about to deal with us as with sons. And oh my, when the father starts to deal with you as with sons... Ooh, you're going to know that he loves you and that love is going to put you in right order with him and you're going to be so glad about it. So here is to true freedom, true leadership, and true authority that the, that the house of God will move with him and we realize that all of our authority emanates from him and it's only as it pleases the Father. I serve at the pleasure of of my father. How about you? So I love you all. Talk to you soon. If you'd like information on how to book Nancy McCready for an event or speaking engagement, visit nancymccready.com.